0: If tomorrow, let's say our Prime Minister of India comes and asks me, Dishant, now you have to roll eye screening program to every citizens in India. Correct? How do you think about it? Correct? And then you start looking at things from a different perspective and 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 kind of you know, create this plan.
1: Hello everyone. Welcome to your brand new podcast called In Your Shoes. This podcast is for you to learn more about new people and professions from around the world. I would like to take you on a journey to understand the life and times of a new person every two weeks and get a chance to get into their shoes to learn what they do, why they do, and how they do it. Dushyan Singh Jadeja is one of my closest friends and has uh, gladly accepted to join my podcast as the first guest. He, according to me, is an original thinker great with people and i'm so fortunate to have him on the podcast today i call him by his family name jadeja and that's what i'm going to use it uh, calling him in this podcast so welcome to the podcast jadeja thanks vivek for our podcast listeners could you kindly share a little bit about yourself like where you come from what do you do for a
0: living sure uh, thanks vivek excited to be um, on the podcast So, uh, my name is Dushan. Uh, I am originally from a place called Jamnagar uh, in Gujarat, India. And uh, and I've been living in Bangalore for almost 19 years. I came to Bangalore for my engineering or higher education. And since then, I've been living here. Uh, uh, Yeah. Cool.
1: And what brought you to Bangalore?
0: So, I came to Bangalore... For my higher education, uh, I realized when I wanted to do an engineering, my home state didn't had many opportunities to pursue engineering. There were there were less number of colleges, and it was it was um, it was extremely competitive to get into one of those colleges. Um, so I decided to kind of you know look at outside, uh, and Bangalore being one of the uh, Silicon City or Silicon Valley of India. Uh, I, I thought it would be good to experience technology first if I come and do my higher education uh, in Bangalore. So that was my main motivation for me to come here.
1: Yeah, I mean Bangalore attracts so many people around the, around India, and I think it, it's it's uh, it still retains its its position as a Silicon Valley in India. And I know a lot of people would hate me to tell this, especially those who come from other parts of India like Hyderabad.
0: True, there's a, there's always a healthy competition but i mm. think i think uh, bangalore has bangalore bangalore has its own charm i would say great to know that so for someone who does not understand
1: what you work and where you work uh, could you just describe your profession your job to them
0: in my current role i am a program manager at google health in india and my primary role is, uh, is basically problem solving at a scale. In my current role, what I'm doing is that I'm trying to understand um, healthcare systems and understand what are the problems uh, that companies like mine or uh, companies like my employer can solve it uh, with their technology know-how. So. So, so one of the problems that we are trying to address in, and um, and there are tons of problems in, uh, and opportunities to be able to uh, to able to make an impact. And one area that we are focused on is um, is preventing blindness, correct? Preventing avoidable blindness to be specific. Uh, and we are trying to see how we can how we can use our strength in technology to be able to provide uh, quality eye screening solution uh, which is both accessible and affordable uh, to these hospitals now so so problem solving at scale sounds like you no know, really really like a big buzzword uh, but in, in in general if you if you try to break it down what it means is that understanding the problem understanding the processes and try to automate it. So that's what in, 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 in simple term it looks like. So what I do is that I understand, okay, how do we prevent blindness? Is by catching patients early into the process. What is the current process look like? Understand the bottleneck. And then try to see if you can find solution and automate this. So it becomes a second nature. And we can kind of identify those high risk patients much early into the disease progression than at the very last stage where it is difficult uh, for us to do anything there. So that's what that's what I do. Wow.
1: So essentially, you are helping to solve the problem of blindness.
0: What what I do is that I help doctors, I I equip them with the right set of information, tools and technologies. So they actually carry out uh, this, uh, you know, this, this operations on the field fantastic that's
1: that's so amazing i am I'm guessing you feel so much excited uh, being able to solve this great problem uh, that still a lot of people have, and I think what you beautifully described is augmenting and providing information to doctors on the field to actually make decisions and actually uh, fix the problem. so for so you're actually affecting lives. And livelihoods of people, so that's that's so so empowering. Can you also explain, uh, maybe at a high level, what what is your typical day looks like for someone who does not know really actually what you do on a day-to-day basis?
0: Sure. Um, so I live in, as I mentioned, I live in Bangalore, and and Bangalore is like apart from being the tech capital of the country, it is also popular for like, you know, really uh, big traffic jams. So, so my commute is like, you know, really, really far. Uh, so I usually start my day somewhere around like, you know, um, 7, 7.30ish. And, and after getting ready, I, I start my commute to office and I spend quite a bit of time on the road. So I catch up on podcast um I, I try to get as much as email done as possible on my way to office uh, and also use this time to call my you know parents uh, because it's uh, i i have i have this personal okr that you know i want to talk to my parents every day um so so that's what i do uh, in my commute time frame from a work perspective i think i divide my day into this three sections um i start my day with like you know understanding are there any decisions to be made Correct. Uh, from a work perspective, uh, is the team stuck somewhere else? Do they need more clarity to, uh, you know, or unblock them to be able to carry forward with their work? Um, so I, I spend like you know almost an hour, hour and a half understanding what decisions do I need to make today, and I, I start my day with that. Once we kind of know, uh, I, I finish my uh, section on decision making, then I start on the updates. Uh, I'd like to understand like you know what we have been doing. Uh, from a work perspective, uh, from a different different hospital point of view, let's say if I speak from, uh, how are we doing there? Uh, are there any, uh, you know, anything interesting inside that is coming that, you know, we haven't seen it before, and stuff like that. So I like to get, you know, as much as updates possible. And the third and the last section uh, of my day is the discussions. Now, this discussion could be uh, on the meeting, verbal, email, text, um, so I'd like to kind of you know get into more of a discussion modes and, and get the ideas like going on. Um, so let's say we are talking about how do we collect consent in a, in a, in a very effective way, correct? Um, so in, in, in consent collection process in healthcare is a pretty, pretty common. Uh, and we want to kind of you know see how we simplify this process. Or the other problem could be um, how do we do referral adherence uh, and uh, it's kind of you now many times in in clinical environment you go and and you get things done, but we there are also there are also follow-ups uh, there are also follow-ups uh, for that particular treatment or intervention, and many times you know patients don't follow it up. So how what what do we what do we do to kind of make this whole follow-up or referral adherence uh, much more simpler and easier so that the compliance rates are much higher? So so try to get as much as ideas as possible. Uh, so that's how kind of you know, my day in the office looks like and uh, then again long commute back home uh, i use this time again to um, like you know catch up on uh, readings a book that i'm kind of know, uh, reading currently uh, once i'm back at home i try to at least uh, you know walk or run for like in our in our complex um, so i kind of you know focus some time on a personal fitness spend some time with my family. And uh, I kind of know close my day by seeing if there are any evening meetings with our global teams or just continue reading my book. So that, that's how my typical day look like.
1: Thank you for sharing that. I think I really liked your point about consent. And I think uh, consent is really a cornerstone for privacy of data. Uh, and especially in healthcare, it's, it's so important topic. Uh, And as you mentioned that you have been working to really solve the problem of blindness in your job as uh, uh, an employee and a person driving from Google Health, Uh, what made you pick this line of work? So the work of uh, the domain itself and also the
0: actual work that you do there. So what brought you to this profession? That's that's a very interesting question, Vivek. And uh, okay, let me start with the first one, uh, which is the, the the role that I'm doing, which is about like program management or product management, correct? Um, I, I'd i be lying that, you know, I would say that, okay, program management was my calling since day one. No, <laughs> that wasn't the case. Uh, I like many of the fresh engineering graduate, I, I joined a company. And I wanted to become a software engineer, and I I was I was part of the team which was uh, which was building some amazing software. Uh, but early into my career, um, our team experienced um, or witnessed a reorg or reprioritization, and and the team that I was part of it was severely impacted uh, because of it. Um, I have been given two options: one, find a job internally, or two, kind of you know, look job outside. As simple as that. Uh, and so I started looking because I was very new into my career. I didn't had much uh, information, so I started looking for a job internally, and then, and then I I found a job, which was more of a partner management. And uh, and little I knew about like you know that I will be kind of you know, building my career, and the more of an uh, external facing role rather than the internal facing role. Uh, the job was basically like you know using our company's platform and and try to kind of, you know, um, strengthen a partner's solutions are offering. So basically it's as good as that, like, you know, you play an advisory role uh, to a partner, understand their problems, uh, you know, look at uh, the solution, not just from from the one lenses, but from multiple lenses, correct? Look at from a technology provider, look at from a customer perspective, look at from from, uh, you know, uh, uh, compliance and the industry perspective. Um, So there was a lot of learning involved in that particular, like first six months, I was like, you know, a lot of like, you know, under weather, Uh, but that pushed me, uh, that pushed me to learn new things. Um, So that's how I kind of transition from a pure engineering to a partner or or a program management role. And since then I've been kind of always, and I I like that uh, aspects of of interacting with people, understanding the problem, and then kind of not try to help them navigate, that that whole situation there. Um, so that's how kind of no moved into it. Since then, all my role has a has a good amount of external facing uh, external facing discussions or aspect that I've seen. Um, so this is about program and product management side of it. And the the health one was more of a personal thing. As I said, I'm originally from from a different state, which is a Gujarat, and that's where my parents live. Uh, for most uh, families in India, like, uh, you know, my family also have a um, history of diabetes. Uh, and I'm, I was, I was like really worried, um, uh, you know, when I first got to know, so like anybody was working in a tech and, and the thing that you could they could do things remotely. So I started kind of, you know, reading about how, how do I manage that disease remotely while being in Bangalore. Um, and that Kind of you no know, led me into so many different discussions different projects so i i volunteered in uh, in lot of open source project which was about disease management like applications or solutions around it i got to know a lot of doctors uh, you know through and who wanted some technology help uh, but they didn't had like you know much and i was looking the other way around where you know i had few tech jobs that i could lend to be able to build that solution, and so we built a bunch of solutions both internally uh, at Google and outside. Um, you know, many of them failed, few succeeded, uh, but I, I uh, but that's 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 what my calling for healthcare was, and and I realized that how how um, I would say disconnected and unorganized the healthcare sector in India is, I mean, it, we have come a long way. I mean, you know, uh, India's health system is probably uh, at the inflection point, uh, you know, where there could be tons of transformation coming our way. Uh, uh, but still, if you compare with, with let's say, health systems and in, in other developed countries, I think we have a long way to catch. So just that realization was like, you know, aha moment for me. And then I saw that, okay, if I can make at least... A one-person impact in this whole uh, industry, I'd be really happy. So it became more evident evident uh, that health was something that I wanted to do, uh, and that kind of you know, led me into healthcare side of it.
1: That's that's very interesting to hear. What I really liked is that um, you moved from different roles, mm-hmm. and you also used your own personal experience and your your family mm-hmm. um, as an inspiration to drive impact in this area. And I think a lot of people know that India is potentially, the, I think, the world capital for diabetes. And I think blindness is one of the horrific long-term implications of this disease if it's not controlled. And I think uh, you made your life lessons and also your experiences as a mission for what you are doing, uh, which is very extraordinary and also inspiring for me and I hope all the people who are listening to this podcast. So thank you for sharing that. We want to now also go into more funnier aspects of your role. Um, When I say funny, it's also like
0: quirky. Everybody in my team thinks my job is funny, so you don't have to. (laughs) No, sorry, I just thought, yeah. but that's yeah, that's an interesting one. What would you like people to know
1: about this profession um, that they may not know at this point in time, or they may not have the experience to know about it?
0: So I think program or product management is a, in my view, is is I think the most highly, um, I would say, misrepresented designation across the industry. Um, it means it means different to different teams, different companies. So I have worked in a, in a three or four companies so far. And uh, to give you an example, in my first company, when I was working there, the program management uh, job ladder had a very different um, had a very different responsibilities and the and the traits. And the same role in in Google has has a very different responsibility and traits. And I'm pretty sure. This is this is this is not. And uh, if you, if you go to another organization, it could be has a variant of, of this particular role. So the one thing what I'm trying to say is that it is not a template role like an engineer um, or like a sales or, or somebody else. Correct. It's a it, the role has a lot of dynamic. I mean, it's it's very fluid and also dynamic. Uh, and it and so if you are getting into product or program management role, I my recommendation. Uh, is that you know, talk to your immediate team members, uh, understand what they're doing, understand what is their expectation from the role or from the person that is joining the role out of it, and then do an honest evolution or self-assessment that okay, is this something what you want to do? Uh, because whether you like it or not, they are going to expect things from you, um, so it's it's super important for me. So that's the one thing. The yeah, I think to me that that was that was the biggest. I would say misconception people have about program and product management roles.
1: That's pretty interesting. I have also kind of heard the same uh, in my workplace and the companies I would worked with. Um, do you also have like any stereotypes that other people think about this particular role?
0: Oh, absolutely. I think there are many. I mean, I can tell my own stereotype like when I, <laughs> when I got into the role. I was thinking like this is the role which which has which is probably the the second in terms of an authority and power. It is the second most important role after CEO. In in no time, you know, I realized now that was the wrong thing. Uh, this role is is I mean you you're you're never in a driving seat. A program manager, program manager or product manager is a facilitator, correct? The job is to is to help people. Uh, you know. Find solution, unblock them wherever possible, or take take the things that you know they're not able to do and 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 be able to and be able to find solution to that. Your job is to keep the engine running and do whatever it possible to do it. Um, so to me, that's how I look at my role and uh, and that's how I've seen not just me, but everybody at least at least in in different org. A program, or product, some amount of that facilitation is is kind of you not know, really important there. Um, so, so if you're thinking okay, uh, and again, this is again from different company to company. Uh, some company which are very heavy engineering-driven culture where engineers have much more control and they are in driving seat. There are some companies where uh, where their uh, let's say uh, a marketing team is, is is more in driving seat out of it. So again, depends on. Uh, your company's culture and value. Uh, but no matter what, in whichever companies or which culture you go, uh, program or product management role is mostly a facilitator role.
1: Okay. That's that's really good to know. Uh, so Jadeja, this podcast may reach people of all ages, all backgrounds and experiences. And if some of them really want to get into this, um, uh, how do they start? Like, what should they study? What experiences do you think they should have in order to be able to do what you do?
0: Mm, first of all, I I, I I hope more people take this particular role and as a career option. Uh, I think, um, I mean, globally, if you look at, like, you know, there is there is like a huge demand for somebody, um, somebody who can kind of, you know, take, this particular as a career option and drive it. And as we kind of you know see if, as we as the industry grows, I think there'll be more need for such such roles outside. That's how I'd like to think so. Um, what does it need um, uh, from an education perspective? I think I I, I I I wouldn't wanna kind of you know generalize here, but you know, people from any background can become a good programmer product manager as long as they're open correct, they're open to learn new things they're they're willing to kind of uh, you know uh, be able to uh, you know learn quick uh, uh, learn kind of you know fast adapt quickly so being open and, and be able to kind of you know do uh, do kind of you know learning on, on their own is, is kind of you know, super important for this uh, if you have a tech background it helps but if you don't have a tech background it's fine I think you know people can learn on their own out of it um, from a skills perspective, I've seen, uh, you know, I I usually get involved in system design discussions, I get involved into uh, product launches, I get involved into some of the legal aspects of it, and, and kind of, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, what are the messaging when you launch a product? So it has like, you know, multifaceted role. Um, so So the... So somebody who kind of enjoys being this multidisciplinary role, um, I think I think that would be a wonderful uh, fit for them. Um, I know you can't really start by like, okay, I want to become multidisciplinary, but uh, you you need to you need to grab the opportunities if you have uh, with both hands whenever you are you know uh, presented with that opportunity. I'll give an example. Like, um, I realize that in my in my day job, I don't have much opportunities to be able to build this different different skill set. So what I was doing is that, um, and in fact, you were there in one of, so many of those discussions as well, Vivek. Like I pushed myself to take part in hackathons. Uh, and uh, and you know, any opportunities outside work, I used to go to meetups and workshops and, and try to connect with people, learn from them. Um, I was part of one of those uh, hackathon discussion where um, where my, my whole knowledge about UX kind of, you know, uh, started from there. Before that particular incident, my my knowledge about UX was that you know it's somebody who is who who has a good skills on Photoshop and does some nice looking graphics. And that's how I used to think of it as a user experience. But when I met two gentlemen, I think um, one is Rana and the other uh, one is Archana, and uh, uh, I think they kind of you know, really really opened my eyes. Like you know, oh wow, this is uh, this can be a field. Like really. Um, uh, same thing goes for the legal, um, one of the person that I met in the, in the, in the, in the conference, he, um, and he was, he was, he was trying to help startups on a financial side of it. And then, uh, and then we were just kind of you know, talking about it. How does the financial landscape across the globe look like? And he explained to me how important it is to have like, you know, legal aspects and the compliance and regulatory aspects into it. So, um, so it's interesting. I mean, uh, a if you if you have an opportunity to kind of you know build those skills just grab it with both hands don't just confine yourself into one thing and b if you don't have an opportunity and if you really want to kind of you know, take this as a as a great option or even general i'd recommend just just participating in 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 hackathons and in workshops or, or kind of you no know, just going attending meetups and meeting different people with a with a diverse background would, would be helpful and the last thing experiment correct i mean the knowledge that you have acquired uh, will only be useful if you try and, 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 and put them into use. So for the longest period of time, I used to do this. Um, like every weekend, I used to take one problem and then try to solve Like For example, if tomorrow, let's say, our prime minister of India comes and asks me, "Deshant, now we have to roll eye screening program to every citizen in India, correct? How do you think about it, correct? and then you start looking at things from a different perspective and and, and kind of you know, create this plan uh, i know you you don't really get to put them into practice so there's just still a gap there but at least it orients your thought process it kind of you know things you it makes you think from a program or product manager perspective to be able to uh, to be able to kind of you know uh, apply the skill set
1: that's actually very enlightening i really liked the last part of what you mentioned is like having thought experiments. And I think when Mm -hmm. I was reading about Albert Einstein, another great scientist, I think they enjoyed this idea of imagining scenarios and visualizing them in their head. And I think that was a approach they used to solve problems and visualize how the solution would look like. And I think uh, putting yourself in such positions, whether it's participation in events, like you mentioned about hackathons and meetups uh, or just imagining scenarios where you are there and you have a certain thing to deliver as a responsibility, how would you do so? I think these are great exercises one can do to really expand their knowledge. And I hope people who are listening to this podcast can use that as an inspiration and ideas to get themselves into this role and, um, and I, I think what you just shared with all of us is a really remarkable journey that you have. Um, and I think it was very useful for me. And I think it's also useful for everyone who is listening today. So thank you so much, Jadeja. I think this has been a very enlightening session and the enlightening first session of many to come and I hope more chances to talk about other things um, to have uh, our listeners really understand uh, different aspects of you and your work. So I want to just have a last question about uh, if people would like to reach out to you, uh, maybe as a follow-up or have a question to ask based upon what they hear
0: in this podcast, what is the best way they can get to you? Uh, sure, I'd love to kind of you know um, help wherever possible. Uh, I'm kind of you now, I would say, moderately active on Twitter, so I think Twitter would be the best platform. Uh, uh, or you can, or they can send me an email as well. Uh, but I want to be mindful that um, my email replies are like you know really really slow. So if I don't reply on time, it's not that because I I don't want to reply. It's just that I have something else which is which is taking my time, uh, which is which is more priority. Uh, but otherwise, Twitter kind of makes things much more simpler. Uh, the replies are much more smaller and crisp. So Twitter is my ideal. If if not, you can send me an email at jadeja.dushinzi at gmail.com um, and happy to help.
1: Thank you. So I will have your email as well as your Twitter handle in the notes so that if anybody who's interested can reach out to you. Thank you so much. Jareja. I think it was a really great experience for me to bring you on the podcast. And I hope we get to have more conversation on this podcast's future episodes very soon.
0: Absolutely. And I look forward to the more episodes. Uh, and thank you for having me, Vivek. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you for joining this podcast. I hope. This was useful, and you learned a lot. For more such great podcasts, please do not forget to subscribe to the podcast channel In Your Shoes on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Music. New podcasts are uploaded every two weeks. Goodbye.